Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Boiler Express podcast. Um, uh, my name is Damon, or the Ultimate Boiler. Uh, we've got Chris, or Five O Ghost, with us. We've got Frank, the Stat Tank, um, and we've got a special guest guest with us tonight, uh, Joe Jackson, um, big analyt- data and analytics guy. Uh, loves Purdue basketball, and we're super excited to have him on the the show today to to really dive deep into some some stuff. I feel like him and Frank are just going to melt our brains. Yeah, I'm just um, going to sit back and act like I understand everything that's going on. Yeah, <laughs> just smile and nod, just smile and yeah. nod. So, um, also, another uh, shout-out to just Chris again for that intro. I love that intro every time we, we start it up now. I just get so fired up. I'm, like, ready to run through a brick wall. So, great job on that uh, <laughs> intro again, Chris. <clears throat> but, yeah, so – um, we're going to talk basketball for a while, and then towards the end, after uh, you know we're done hanging out with Joe, uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit of uh, we'll wrap up with a little bit of football. But um, yeah, so we've had so Purdue's had their first couple games. They've uh, they started off with uh, a game against um, Milwaukee. I was I was gonna say I was I, like that game was like losing, and I was at that game too, and I was like, who did we play? Um, but we played Milwaukee uh, and Austin P. So. Um, we saw some some stuff, uh, some different stuff from last year um, that we'll get into. Um, number one, I think the biggest thing that's sticking out to a lot of us is our defense um, uh, and how much it's improved. Um, and just the overall, I feel like, togetherness of, of this team. I feel like uh, somebody made the comment that it looked like, you know, Braden Smith and uh, Fletcher Lawyer had already been playing together for like three years. So um seems like the guys are just gelling together really well. But we'll get into all that and everything uh, and i'm ex- i'm excited to hear about uh, some you know really diving into it from um frank and joe's perspectives so you know with that frank i'll kind of let you take the lead on on this basketball discussion and get started yeah well, i mean uh when i when i think back to the um the two games last week like you said uh defensively uh it's definitely a big leap forward from last year i know i know this time last year kind of as a fan base we were saying like ah, we shouldn't have let that team score that many points, but we scored 92. So, you know, that, that's, that's fine. And, and, you know, this year we're seeing a different team. We're seeing, you know, a grittier team. We're seeing a team that kind of seems to maybe take a little bit more pride in defense. And, um, you know, Newman said in the post-game press conference that it's kind of become a contagious thing. Um, the, the guys seem to be playing on defense, but very, very few mistakes, very few slip-ups. Uh, guys are definitely rotating a lot better. Um, but I'm, I'm, I like what I've seen, uh, defensively through the first couple of games offensively, uh, you know, the second game was a struggle, didn't shoot the ball very well, but I really liked all of our looks, uh, with the exception of maybe two. Um, but I just think that, you know, we were getting some open shots and they just didn't go down. And, you know, despite some people in the fan base saying that we should have won by 50 and we should be embarrassed, you know, by the way we played, I, I think we played a good game. Shots just didn't go in. And, um, you can still play a good game and not have shots go in despite what some people say. Um, but that was kind of my main, uh, kind of main take from the, from the first two game, but welcome to have a, having my mind changed for anyone who disagrees. So uh, just a quick question, cause I didn't really get to catch the the second game. Um, I was on my way to Tennessee Friday for a wedding. Um, but 
You know, in the first game against Milwaukee, we kind of started off the same way that it sounds like the second game went, where we were playing really well um, and we were taking good shots that they just weren't falling. Um, but I feel like what really helped us, especially in that first game, was our free throw shooting. I think we ended up shooting, I think it was in the 80s. I can't remember what the percentage was overall, but shot the free throw percentage really well. So was that kind of the same story in the second game as well? Did they shoot pretty well from free throw or, or what did that look like? Let's see. Uh, total total on the night, 13 for 17. So respectable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the the big story within that ED going six for 10, I'd like to see that around seven or eight personally. But, um, you know, with him, him dropping 30, I can't complain too much. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll say uh, I kind of the quote, I think I said probably 10 times in that game on on Friday, I think it was. Sorry, my days are all blending together, but. Um, Painter said last year, what do you do when you're not hitting shots? And I think that that was kind of evident on Friday. You know, we we didn't shoot well at all from three, and that's kind of our bread and butter, especially since we have like a team full of shooters. But we still were able to win by 21 or whatever it was because we just locked in on defense. And I said it uh, during the game and after the game, and I got cussed out for it, but I think last year we might lose that game that's with the way point. defense was. Joe, what's your thoughts? Um, yeah, a lot of what you guys echoed. It was it was very much defense at first. Like you could see those first few possessions. Uh, well, I take it back. The very the first two possessions, it was Zach Eady down low, and Austin Peace did not throw a double, and I was I was shocked. Um, so Zach Eady, I think he started two straight possessions, two post ups. I was like, all right, we're just going to keep beating him. Uh, we <clears> went away. Purdue went away from it for a bit. And then that's when like the shots didn't start falling, things like that. It's kind of a close game, but yeah, the defense was there. Um, I, you know, it's Austin P and Milwaukee, so it's no, no juggernaut of an offense, but still like being able to just kind of rely on the defense like they did to at least get enough stops to get the yeah. offense back going. I think that was huge. And like you said, like that's just something that didn't happen last year. Um, yeah, I don't know if we, you know, I don't know if Purdue loses per se to Austin P, but I think it's a close game last year. Like if the shots aren't falling like that. Yeah. Um, especially cause like, and maybe we'll get more into this later, but they put Zach Eady in a tough spot and that's just going to happen all year. Um, they continuously just put him in pick and pop action. So, you know, their big guy was saying Austin P's big guy was setting a screen and then just popping out to the three point line. And now they're testing Zach Eady's foot speed and our rotations and, um, it seemed like Purdue kind of bounced around with a couple coverages within there. Um, at first, it was just Edie was in drop, so he's when the screen set, he's two to three steps below the screen, and he's just the whole goal of it is to kind of just force a mid range, to be honest. And so guard goes over and is forcing him to Edie, and then the ball handler, I mean, and then Edie just kind of picks him up and just keep the roller in front. That's the whole point. But what, now when they pop, he has to then you know, close out and he's seven foot four, 300 or whatever. Like he's yeah. not going to close out. Well, there's not like, it's yeah. not realistic. All right. Um, so eventually they kind of worked into sending a second guy to kind of tag at him at the popper just to at least make him think about shooting. But, but yeah, no, overall, I think like it's been good. It was good to see Zach Eady dominate that second game after, you know, struggling the first half or the first game and mm -hmm. struggling is, you know, I don't know Relative. if that's the right word for yeah. Uh, yeah, 12 points, 17 rebounds, six yeah. performance, but yeah, that's so funny that like that stat line, um, 
is is him like struggling uh that's that's really funny and then he you know like you said the next game he goes 30 and 11 and i don't know how many blocks he had um uh, but yeah I, I absolutely agree um it, it was i was at the game at the milwaukee game and it was really cool to see um you know this offense because it's a lot different than last year it's a lot more um you know it, it typically is going to ed first um which is cool. I, I love that. I love that the offense is running through him because he's a guy where, you know, if he wants to take it to the hole, he can do that. And if if not, he's going to draw he's going to draw people to him and he's going to be able to dish it out to Fletcher Lawyer or Brandon Newman or or somebody um, that, you know, can get that quick three. And something I absolutely love about Fletcher Lawyer is he's not just catching it and shooting. He can like catch it. And then if he doesn't feel like it's a great like if he's not going to if it's not going to feel great coming off his hands, he can like dribble and then like reset. I love mm -hmm. that. I think that is such a great skill that he has to be able to do that. And I, I'm so excited for Fletcher Lawyer. I think um, uh, I think he's going to be uh, I think even Sasha tweeted that he's probably going to shatter the three point record at Purdue. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, what the first game he had like 12 attempts. Yeah, he went five for 12 from three. And the yeah, second yeah. game was over five, but even then, it's still good to see him fire. Yeah, and I, yeah. I like what you said. Yeah, like the putting it on the floor. It, I don't. I mean, it feels like a too easy of a comparison for a lawyer and Sasha, just because they're both shooters, whatever. But like that was what Sasha developed late in his career mm -hmm. more was that ability to like, oh, these guys are really overplaying me. I'm gonna put it on the ground now, and at least like have to, you know, they're gonna have to try and do something to stop me. Right. Um, and yeah, lawyers just seems confident day one from it. And part of that was, you know, high school. He he had the ball in his hands a ton, just mm -hmm. just a ton. Um, so you know, and he just, also that's kind of what he's done. Yeah, and you know, came into the year being the reigning national three point champion. Yeah. Um, I I tweeted that. Um, so I I watched like uh, I'm kind of a like a wrestling nerd as well. So I like I watched WWE and stuff like that. And so uh one of like the main characters in right now is roman reigns and he's all about like acknowledge me that's like his whole thing so after the i can't remember no it was during the milwaukee game i think he had just scored like his 12th point or something and i was like fletcher lawyer is your reigning defending um you know whatever three-point national champion acknowledge him and he liked the tweet and i was like yeah nice there you um, go but yeah, also something else that I really liked um, again, for, and I'm just going from the Milwaukee game because the only one I saw, I haven't got to watch the highlights from Austin P yet, but the way that Braden Smith takes it up the floor, I really like that he, you know, when he, cause when he was getting pressed, it was just one-on-one -on -one, and I'm sure he would have done it differently if there was multiple people on him, but he takes the time to really get in that triple threat position, kind of survey the floor for a second and then like take action i don't sorry i don't know why i'm playing with a pacifier you can tell <laughs> my daughter uh was in here uh recently but um but yeah no something i think is really cool he he takes the time to like survey the floor kind of see what's in front of him and then he executes um which is uh i just love it yeah, i think he's sure. just a really smart point guard yeah that's 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 who he is he's gonna um i don't you know i don't know if he's ever gonna be like a top tier scorer but mm -hmm. he is going to be one of the best facilitators in the Big Ten, um, whether that's this season or you know next season. I, I just like how mentioned. confident he is already. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. from the jump. Oh, he was that's ready to go. He's he's so that was uh, so over the off season because I had not really watched any of the recruits. Mm -hmm. I had not at all. Period. Before yeah. this off season, so part of the off season when I was doing like my player previews, um, you know, I watched a bunch of high school film, and man, there was just there was a few plays like the one the one that stuck out for brain smith was 
it was in sectionals against Fishers, who was number two at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes down, hits a, you know, like a, probably like a 28 footer off the dribble in front of their student student section, talks trash to them as he's running down the floor, turns, sprints, catches a full court pass, like steals a full court pass, Jeez. dribbles up, and then does like a no-look left-hand shovel pass to one of his teammates for a layup. And that's then he's, awesome. you know, he's talking trash again. Yeah, it's just like, that's, that's who he is. He's going to, he's going to show, not, I don't want to say showboat, but he's going to like perform and then he's going to let you know about it. Right. And I think that just right. kind of builds into that confidence. But I feel Imagine- like for that reason, maybe, maybe. And so I haven't seen the trash talk yet uh, that, that we saw in high school. Cause I did watch a lot of his high school footage as well. And he, he definitely liked to let the other team know that, you know, he was there and, and uh, you know, every time he scored and uh, yeah. we haven't really seen that yet from him, but I, I'm thinking, you know, as time goes on, maybe not this year, but you know, he may become that guy that that just everyone loves to hate. Uh, you know, from a, from an opposing team perspective, I mean, everyone hated Matt Harms because he played hard. You know, I think everyone, you know, he could be the guy that everyone hates because he likes to get in people's ears a lot. Yeah. Um, but that yeah, excites. Compared him to to Aaron Craft, or uh, yeah, that's, that's the easy comparison. Uh, is Craft. Yeah. yeah, I I could see the I could see him. Uh, you know, having a, a similar clip or a highlight to like Chris Kramer, whenever uh, I think he, him and DJ White got in a lockup for a ball or something um, when they played IU and he like got in DJ White's face. So like, mm-hmm. here's Chris Kramer, DJ White's like up here and Chris is just like all up in his grill. And yeah, I, I could Jack see did the same thing. Yeah. Like three years later against Michigan state, it was the, yeah. uh, the game day game. Yeah. So I could see it, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. And his his vision as well is just incredible. You know, it's funny. He's yeah. like he sees passes that not even the people that he's passing to sometimes see. <laughs> like I can I can recall like a, there was a pass at the in the exhibition against Truman State where, you know, he's like looking the complete opposite direction. And it's like out of the corner of his eye, he sees Fletcher Laurie getting open for a three on the wing and he just chucks it. And uh Laura wasn't looking, so it goes behind him or something, but just you know his vision is just incredible and something that is crazily just going to only improve over the next you know however many years he <laughs> ends up playing hopefully four um yeah so no, it's yeah it's elite it really is and that's like once i watched the film i was like i was less worried about the point guard position um for this upcoming season and you know he is a freshman so there's going to be lumps Mm-hmm. And specifically with him, he's such a good passer that like it's gonna get him in trouble at times yeah. because he's gonna force or he's gonna like um like last game there was you know he had Edie on a roll if Edie rolls. Um and I'm I don't know whose fault it's on, but Edie sets a high screen, comes off, I think two go to the ball on Braden Smith. So now Edie's open for a roll if it's there, if he does. And Braden throws it right where like it would have been, but Edie just doesn't go. And I don't mm-hmm. That's not the greatest example because I don't, you know, Edie may not have been rolling on purpose or whatever, but yeah, the vision is just so good. Um, and he, yeah, he just sets people up. He, if you watch him and you watch his eyes, he's always just like, he's setting people up. He's like um, moving defenders like a quarterback yeah. in a free safety. Like, yeah, it's he, crazy. he does. He really, really does. He's going to come up, with, especially when he comes up the floor, like in a fast break or semi transition uh, opportunity. Yeah. Like, He's going to move a low man to the corner thinking that he's going to go there and then he's going to dump it off to, you know, Gillis in the, on the block or something like that. Um, but I think at times I'm going to be honest, fans are going to get mad at him because he's going to force and yeah. they're going to right. be like, oh, why is he you know, making that pass? But it's, 
it's I don't know if it's you, you don't necessarily live with it because of how high level of a pastor he is, but it's just something that's like it's just gonna happen. High risk, high reward. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sure. we we did see that last year with Trevion too. I mean, he'd he'd make yeah. a pass mm-hmm. and he'd say, yeah, "How did you do that?" And then he'd make a pass and he'd say, "Why did you do that?" <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things that you know you just you, you came to accept. And you know, there there is a play in the second half, and uh, Joe from time to time I, I uh, slow down plays and send them in our in our group chat conversation. But there is a a play that he made uh, in the second half against um, Austin P where he. Uh, I think we were trying to run uh, kind of a broken, it seemed to be kind of a broken Spain action where they set a really high ball screen. Uh, Morton mm-hmm. came up to uh, kind of hit Edie's roll, man. But three guys ended up on Braden Smith, and he somehow like lobbed it over the top to get it right mm-hmm. uh, right to Edie, like in for the dunk. Like, I mean, and, and I think the easier pass would have been to hit either, I think it was Gillis or Lawyer on the perimeter, but like he somehow just like got it right over to him for an easy dunk. Like that was... That was impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think I kind of remember what you're talking about. But yeah, no, he's going to admit it. Yeah, he's just really good in those situations. I think that's uh, the interesting thing, too. And I think we've seen a lot in the first two games where Painter said that this team almost passes too much to a fault. Where like, like, you can almost see it. You're like, oh, shoot it. And then he passes it. And I'm like, "Er, just take the shot. Like, it's, but I don't know, man. The differences from last year, this year, and seeing things improve, you know, I even said last year I would drop 15 positions in Ken Palm to go up 15 positions in defense last year just because it was like, man, just some of the defensive lapses were crazy. And the one thing, and I said it a couple times, I think in both of the the games that we played that just some of that scramble defense we had had in both games was really impressive. Like, sure, it looked like it was chaotic, but everybody was doing their job, getting to their guys and rotating well. And it just seemed like, just seems like things are clicking and like, Especially when Newman says it's contagious, that's always a good thing to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, the defense is going to have to be in rotation a lot this year, especially that second game, right? Like, it looked good, which is a great sign. But if teams are going to run pick and pop, and Edie's going to have to step out, like they're going to, yeah. they're either going to have to let the big man shoot, or they're going to have to send a guy, and then and they, from there be in rotation. But yeah, no, like you said, it was they were in rotation, and everybody was going where they needed to be, and that's that's great. Yeah, and I was that was one of my biggest uh, things I was most excited about Austin P was like how well does ED defend a you know a true pick and pop guy, mm-hmm. um, you know Elijah Hudgens Everett was a four star guy at high school uh, you know can shoot just really curious to see how that went and uh, I, that first three he got was a little more open than I would have liked um, but there was there was definitely some adjustments after that and he wasn't as open you know going forward but. Uh, I, I do think that's going to be something teams look to exploit, especially with a lot of talented bigs uh, in the Big Ten this year. I know Hunter yeah. Dickinson comes to mind. Um, the guy still gives me a problem. Yeah, <laughs> May, maybe not Race Thompson, but you know, guys like him. Uh, they're you know, yeah. it's the year of the big, as they say in this league. Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. um, even I, we got to do a Twitter space after every game with Aiden. Um, just kind of, you know, going over the game and stuff. And we actually had an Austin P player hop in after this last one, just oh, wow. randomly. Yeah. Was, he just kind of showed up, but then we talked with him and he was just like, yeah, like our game plan on offense was we're going to put Zach Eady into space and we're going to make him try to defense. And that's just, that's going to be the thing this year for, for teams. Yeah, Hunter Dickinson is the one that always pops into my head. Like I have absolutely no clue how Purdue is going to guard him. Yeah. That's actually really cool. You had somebody jump in. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty cool. It was just you, 
I don't know how he found us because he didn't follow either of us or anything. But uh, yeah, he hopped in. We were just kind of able to, you know, talk with him for a bit, go over. You know, he didn't give up like a ton or anything, but you know, go over yeah, a little bit over the game his brain plan and you know, ask yeah. some questions. Yeah, for sure, it was, it was awesome. Oh, that's really cool. Well, um, yeah, Joe, again, we appreciate you being on. Uh, would you mind, uh, you know, if maybe if there's anyone out there who's who's not following or is not aware of, of you and then you know what you're bringing to the Purdue fan base as a whole? Um, you know, we'd love to hear you uh, talk about how you got started doing what you're doing and kind of how you got to where you are now because, uh, for anyone who's not following this guy, it's it's a must do. I mean, some of the stuff you put out is I, I thought I knew the X's and O's of basketball and and, and I, I just realize every day that I don't, but I'm getting there because of the stuff you put out. So you kind of talk through, you know, how you got started doing what you're doing and, and kind of how you how you got to where you are now and kind of what yeah. a day in the life of uh, Joe looks like. Yeah, um I appreciate all that. So and I'm you say like you're realizing you don't know X's and O's and like I realize the same thing every day. It's something I kind of <laughs> battle internally of like, uh, I know I'm putting all this out, but like, I don't actually, I don't actually feel like I know a lot, but um, I know I do when I look at the grand scheme, but yeah. So, so just, I guess a little background. I'm currently a grad student at Purdue. Um, I got my undergrad here in stats. Now I'm getting <laughs> my master's in econ. Um, and so I've always, you know, played basketball in high school, that whole thing. Uh, I've always loved it. And then, you know, I'm, not playing college basketball, so obviously I was not good enough. <laughs> um, so I started, you know, I've always loved numbers a lot. I, I'm, you know, majored in stats, masters in econ, uh, nerd like that. So I've, you know, started diving in my freshman year of college to basketball analytics. Um, started just with, you know, Dean Oliver's basketball on paper, and then from there kind of progressed. Um, yeah, great book. Um, <laughs> great book. <laughs> so my. Well, sophomore year, I actually, uh, just by myself, I was trying to, like, get an in with the Purdue analytics basketball guy. Um, oh, nice. Who, he's currently, I don't think he's currently, no, he's not. He's kind of doing freelance stuff now. But I did my own project. I charted, I rewatched every single Purdue game, um, charted it, you know, looked at, like, um, it was all done by hand, so it wasn't great, but it was, like, potential assists and, like, wow. Um, what type of shots, like, you know, are we doing open catch and shoot shots? Is it off the dribble? And like, what are those resulting like points per possessions, things like that. Um, that was also during like, that was the first three to six months of COVID. So a lot of time on the hands too, which helped. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that my sophomore year and then or I did that. What did I do that? No, I did that before my sophomore year of the, <laughs> my freshman year season, which was the elite eight team. Um, and then the following year, I did it during the season. I also did it for my high school. So that leads me kind of to where I am now. So going into my senior year, I was like, I really like this analytics stuff, but also like I want to know more about the game. Um, kind of stumbled across some NBA guys, uh, which if you're looking to know more about the X's and O's, follow Nikias NBA and uh, Steve Jones underscore 20, I believe. Steve Jones Jr. is his name on Twitter. They're <laughs> absolutely phenomenal steve jones was like it was a former coach for the grizzlies her assistant um but oh, just wow. stumbled across theirs was like and they're doing that's where i first learned about like all this threading and stuff um mm -hmm. so they would just you know nba games they would pick it apart on twitter on their podcasts and i was like man this is really fun and i'm gonna try it for purdue so started that last year during my senior year um and just kind of just kind of went with it didn't know a ton from the X's and O's standpoint. Like I knew some of the basics, but just really wanted to learn. 
And I was like, Twitter's, you know, putting on Twitter gives me a platform to do it and at least kind of hold me accountable. Um, I did not expect it kind of to take off like it has, but yeah, just, so now I'm, um, I guess I never really explained, I kind of talked around it all, but now I am currently, um, for every Purdue game, I thread it on Twitter. So basically I rewatch the game, I clip it up into uh, certain possessions, and then I post it on Twitter and kind of talk about what I'm seeing, what I like, don't like, things like that. Um, and so that's pretty much what I'm doing now. I've kind of, I'm trying to expand more to more Big Ten in general. Um, I've kind of I haven't done like full threads of other Big Ten games, but I have posted some clips here and there of other Big Ten games. Just kind of trying to learn more. That's really all this is for me. I'm just trying to learn more X's and O's, yeah. trying to understand the game better. Um, and then, you know, from there, it's kind of built a little. You know, I kind of feel like I've built a little niche in the Purdue community, which I've enjoyed being able to you know meet a ton of great people in the Purdue community and. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at now, kind of how I got there. That's awesome. I uh yeah, honestly, like my favorite thing when I open up Twitter and I see like the tip like the clip of the game tipping off, I'm like, oh, let's go. All right. <laughs> yeah. Like and just diving into it and, and reading about it is is really cool because for me, uh I I'm not so statistic and analytical. And so that's a really cool perspective for me because um you know it's just not something i i used to i think about a lot and so it's just really neat how much you and, and frank both can just you know really pick apart the game and uh and just talk about it in so many different ways like um like one of my favorite things that frank does is like when a basketball game is going on he'll send like a an update of like you know the points per possession and kind of what that's looking like and you know something to really keep up with during the game and um so yeah just super interesting stuff um really really cool um that's awesome, man. I I appreciate what you do, and and it's really yeah. it's really awesome. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you guys like it. I'm yeah, like I said, I'm just trying to learn more. And so, one thing uh, with all this is like I I am very much aware that what I say is not always right. Um, it is what I think at the time, but I'm never gonna be stuck in my ways. So like, for anybody out there, like if you see a play and you're like, hey, no, he said this, but I actually kind of think this. Like, let me know. I'm definitely you know. I want to learn. I want to communicate because that's what's that's what's fun about basketball to me too. Is like we could all four of us could look at the same play and see four different things, and in some sense, we could all be right. Like right. it's not this very black and white thing for a lot of it. It's a very much like a I think this is why, and then if you can back yourself up, then you know it makes sense. Well, I think one thing that I I personally have learned from from watching um, a lot of your stuff is uh terminology isn't necessarily consistent um you know uh, i and i know once last year you used the term uh zoom uh which is something i was unfamiliar with and uh, come to find out it was what i had always seen as as chicago right so yeah. it's uh but some people call it zoom some people call it chicago i mean some people call it a Same. pin down and a dribble handoff some people don't use the term pin down i mean it, it but yeah. in, in, in reality in it's the, the same one. thing yeah yeah. yeah. And so uh, I started looking into that and I'm like, well, what's Zoom? And I'm like, oh, it's just another name for the same thing. And that's to me what makes yeah. the X's and O's of basketball so complex is effectively like, what do you, what do you, what are you doing? Like, and, and we're going to call it 50 different things and different teams are going to call it different, you know, different yeah. actions, different things. But I, I uh, definitely, you know, I, I watch your stuff and then I do a fair amount of Googling. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, I go on Medium and check out the basketball dictionary, yeah. which I'm best. sure you're familiar with as well. Um, I know if you're a, 
if you're an analytics guy, you probably are on medium from time to time. I'm sure like I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm always looking on that. I'm like, okay, yeah. And I learned something new and then, and then, and, and then I see it. And, I, and I've noticed over the last couple of years that, that the, the, when I'm watching a game, the court looks much bigger now, you know, I'm no longer watching the ball. I'm watching everything. Uh, okay. and, that, and that's a really cool place to be. And, and again, uh, watching a lot of your stuff has really, really sped that process up. So really, yeah, that, really appreciate everything you do. It's really like, I know a lot of work goes into that and that's, it, it doesn't go unnoticed. I appreciate that. And then, yeah, that last thing, that last part you mentioned where the court opening up is, uh, that's something I still like, I have to almost just switch my brain into that mode of like, oh, I can't just ball watch here. Um, and so even like right before this, I was watching Penn State Butler and Same. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's really good. I'm really high on Penn State, but aside from the point, um, like, you know, I was watching Pickett go through pick and roll. It's like, oh, I have no clue what just happened in the corners. Or even if I'm, you know, if I'm rewatching the game, it's like, I need to rewind 20 seconds because I literally could not tell you what just happened. Um, mm -hmm. So there's still a lot of that for me. It's like, so if you're, if you're watching a game live, will you ball watch and then go back and rewatch the game so you can do the analytics part of it, or are you trying to do both at the same time? Um, it depends. If yeah. um, so, especially this year, like I'm taking, you know, I'm writing for a small college basketball outlet, and you know, I'm doing more threads and stuff. So, like, there's a lot more like work aspects, um, working quotes because like I love it. If I'm trying to actually do that, then yeah, I want to do it live just to kind of okay. save time. Yeah, but efficiency. if I, yeah, like if I, this is a game I want to just enjoy and, you know, maybe I have homework or just kind of want to hang out, then yeah, I'll maybe just kind of ball watch more live just to have fun. And then if there's something like later, I'll go back and watch. Okay. Um, but like, so like this year, or yeah, the difference between this year and last year for Purdue basketball for me is a good example. Last year, it definitely, especially when I was at Mackey, um, like those games, you know, I'm just watching live and I'm just enjoying. Yeah. Um, and then I'd rewatch, right? Whereas this year, because of like doing the spaces after kind of that aspect, um, I'm still, you know, still just enjoying Mackie because Mackie's the greatest Mackie. place ever. Yeah. But also I am trying to win plays actually going on like, oh, okay, like like the pick and pop, for example. It's like, oh, okay, that time we had a weak side guy tag over or the next man guy tag over on the pig. So that way, and just stuff like that. So I'm trying to incorporate that more now for sure. Nice. Very cool. When do you ever feel like you're it's almost a curse the ability to or like for me I struggle to ball watch sometimes um and so and like I I wish I could at times uh I, I don't know if you've ever experienced that or if it's just me that's uh, that's gone through that um no I've I've almost I don't want to say I wish I had that but I kind of wish I do I'm, I'm definitely the opposite in my default for me is just to ball watch and so I have to I have to click into um you know, watching. I mean, I'm, it's becoming I mean, a little more natural, but my wife often challenges me to watch a college basketball game without, uh, without running some code in the background. So <laughs> it's just the way, the way I've come to watch basketball. Now I gotta, gotta know yeah. the stats and gotta know, uh, you know, turnover percentage, offensive rebound percentage. I, I just have to know yeah. all that stuff. And I'm not sure. sure what it is. It's just the way my brain's wired, but, uh, no, uh, that's, that's the other part of basketball, like, or sports in general is like, they're fun. Like, yeah. I, in the same way that what dissecting a play is in black and white, I truly think like sports in general, the way you enjoy them aren't black and white. Um, I know 
uh, Boiler in Texas posted an article today kind of just about like how he's, you know, posting more of the positivity. And it's just like, it's a good thing. Obviously, there, yeah. you know, there should be critiques and stuff, but everybody should just enjoy it how they enjoy it as long as it's not harming others is my kind of thought on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you can definitely be, there's like definitely that difference between like being a positive, like, um, you know, fan versus mm -hmm. uh, blind allegiance. And I think sometimes those get overlapped. People think that if you're just really positive and you, you know, you're, um, you, you, uh, you know, you think the sun's going to come up tomorrow that you're kind of uh, blindly following and, um, you know, you're, you're not uh, being critical, but I think you can definitely still be critical and, and have those positive outlooks though. Um, I think it's a, a good balance, but um for sure. And that's what we've tried to do, you know, with this podcast, we, that's one of the main reasons we all got together is because we saw just, we all got really, uh, it all weighed on us just the, you know, the, and I'm sure every fan base has it, but just the, the negativity that can come with just the, you know, fan bases of college football, basketball, um, and just trying to put a positive spin on that. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. No, like last year was my first year on Twitter in my life. I didn't really have social media that much growing up um nice. and man when when ruckers when ruckers banked in the three it was it was a wild time on twitter um yeah i, I didn't know what to do yeah I, I think i put like one thing out like trying to stay positive and then at some point i think i just tried to not look but it's so you know it's so ingrained that like yeah it's almost an instinct just to look at twitter it was that was awful that night that was, that was well and i'm it's embarrassed to so... admit that I, I actually fell like left my feet when that happened. I was standing makes up. Two of us. I, I just I like kind of fell into like a sit position. So it was kind mm -hmm. of like I'm starting to fall. So I'm just going to turn this into a sit. And I just I I mean it's the only time in my yeah. life I think that's happened to me. And I was at the Virginia game. So that wow. was that was more of a See, gut was... punch than the Virginia game because it was just such a fluke, you know. Yeah. But then he did it again. I... He did it again that season too. So maybe it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I uh as soon as as soon as Harper got the ball, I was like, this is it. I think I, yeah. I was watching with my, I was too. my friend. I was like, as soon as he touched, I was like, Yep, this is going in. Um still shocked, but yeah, right. I yeah. I was definitely the person after the game that was like the ball should it, it shouldn't have counted because Harper took like I don't know like he walked to the grocery Six and store and a half steps. Before, yeah, yeah he walked to like well, the grocery was, store and back before they started the clock yeah <laughs> it it's just, it's a it's an accurate statement but it's like yeah what are yeah. They, what are you gonna do about it doesn't change right. it yeah. yeah I you know I was hoping Teddy Valentine was gonna see that post on Twitter and go you know what guys we gotta run this back we gotta yeah. game's over <laughs> uh, I gotta change the result after seeing that tweet yeah no. um but. My uh, my funny story about they're not really funny, but just kind of odd coincidence story about that game is in in this past summer I was in Portugal uh, for several days and uh, did a bike tour in this in in Lisbon and uh, there were some Americans there and of course I had a Purdue shirt on like most days and uh, one of the guys came up to me and said oh are you you know are you a Purdue Purdue fan I'm like yeah I am he's like oh, I I saw Purdue play last year uh, I, I went to Rutgers and I went to the Purdue Rutgers game and I was like oh. Uh, <laughs> really but actually he uh he he said that like even even he like couldn't believe it that was one of the craziest things he's ever seen and he, in his opinion he said you know neither team should have won that game but you know when Fair. you went on a half court uh buzzer beater you don't necessarily deserve to win but just crazy to go thousands of miles away from home and meet somebody who's still get reminded game. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah funny. yeah it, it can it can never escape me for sure <laughs> And so kind of, uh, you know, talking about X's and O's and, um, 
you know, you, you kind of being that you know, diving into that deeply. What have you seen differently uh, this year? Um, I know the sample size is pretty small, but um, last year our offense was, I don't want to say fairly predictable, but we, we kind of got into those kind of got into our offense uh, a lot through the Iverson, a lot through that, what I call the Chicago. Um, yeah. You know, what, what have you seen differently out of this team this year so far? Um, I think it's, I think it is a lot of the same, just kind of different pieces. Um, you know, there's still the Iversons, like you said, which is kind of, you have two guys on the elbow and one kind of runs across uh, both getting a screen. Um, there's still like the box sets and the Chicago, Chicago is just going to be a staple of Matt Painter's offense as long as he has some sort of shooter, um, which I really like that for lawyer, just kind of being able to get uh, the Chicago is, you know, the pin down into the direct handoff. Um, I really like that for him, just being able to get him on the move. But I think it's, I think it's honestly going to be somewhat similar. I think there might be a little bit better spacing, especially with kind of the contrast of first and TKR. Whereas last year, um, it was, you know, you go from Edie to Travion and they're both elite, but they're similar. Not, you know, they're both going to bang down low. Obviously, Travion's a better passer, yada, yada. But, um, and that's kind of one thing I've thought of this year. I don't want to say that, like, I don't want to say first is better than Travion because I think we would all say that's that's inaccurate. But, like, the thought of, okay, we have Gillis and Edie. So we have Edie just dominating down low and Gillis is going to space. And now we're going to bring in another, a whole different front court of Trey Kaufman who can bang down low and space some. And the first is, is, is more of a spacer, I think. Um, I think it's just a really tough problem that defenses are going to have to try to figure out what to do. It's almost you're almost game planning for two different teams. Um, I do it was, think with it that, kind of reminds me of like what I had hoped last year was going to be with Travion. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Like they ran, you know, they ran ten guys last year. Um, I think they'll run ten for at least a while this year. And it's yeah, it's, it was last year. There was legit two lineups. I think at some point there was almost like a five for five subbing. Um, yeah, especially early on and. I don't know if it'll ever quite get to that just because of the staggering, I think, of Smith and Jenkins and Morton. It's going to make it a little different. But, yeah, no, it's definitely going to be similar. Um, I think that second unit's going to be interesting because I think that's where it's going to be a little more, um, I don't know, pick and roll heavy. But, like, the Jenkins, I think, is going to get the ball a little bit more than what I'm, I was originally planning on coming into the year. Um, you know, elite sniper. And I think he's – What's going to be interesting about that second group is both him and Newman are the ones that are running those Chicago's, those Iversons, the you know the floppy actions or pin downs, like all those stuffs. Like those are, can be run for both of them. Um, even Waddell, I I'm super high on Waddell. I think he's mm-hmm. looked great these first two games. I his decision making has been really good in my opinion, and he's been able to get downhill some, which is promising. Um, but yeah, getting back That's to your original question, what? Oh, that that surprised me seeing him get downhill a couple times. Yeah. That was that yeah. both times. He's like, okay, okay, I can yeah, get used to this. Yeah. yeah, for sure. If he wants to give eight to ten quality minutes a game, I'm happy. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, no, I think it's going to be a lot of the same on offense. Obviously, when Edie's in, he's just going to get the ball, and they're going to run. You know, they'll run those like I don't know actually the name for him, but those little low little cross screens for Edie to get on the block, and then we'll space mm-hmm. it out. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with spacing, especially with. In theory, you know, in theory, there's eight to nine shooters on this team, right? Um, I think in the presser, Edie was like, everybody was a 40% shooter at some point in their career, and I would have yep. been too, except for teams that let, or Painter doesn't let him shoot. 
Um, <laughs> and so that's just, I think that's going to be the biggest thing is there feels like there can be more space, um, which would have been great for somebody named Jay Ivy, but whatever. And then I also think there's going to be a little bit more pick and roll, which again, would have been great for somebody named Jay Ivy, but I digress. Um, I think Smith's going to get a little bit more pick and roll action, especially kind of in transition. He'll get a lot of those like drag screens from Edie and just kind of let him, you know, initiate the offense and then kind of dice up the defense from there, whether it be generating a paint touch and then kicking out to the perimeter or if he's hitting Edie on the roll or if nothing's there, then right, like you get into your set and run whatever they have drawn up. Yeah, and I, I from my uh, slightly less educated, I, I, I feel like the the offense looks looks a lot different with first at the five, um, mm-hmm. at least for me. I, we're running things that I, I couldn't put a name to necessarily, um, and it you know looks a lot different from last year. But you make a really good point in that you know you're almost game planning for two different types of, of fives. Um, you know, you've got Edie who can go down low, and you've got first who you know you you do have to respect his ability to shoot. So. Um, you know, and I, and I know Painter's talked about, you know, playing against Caleb first and practice every day has helped Edie's defense, um, especially in ball screen scenarios. So, um, you know, that's a, that, that, that's a really good point. And I'll be, I'll be curious to see how he, how he develops, you know, he was great last year. Um, you know, he's, he's a couple shots haven't gone in, but other than that, he's looked pretty good this year, a little late in a few scenarios on defense, but, uh, <laughs> I, I expect him to make, um, make a pretty big leap this year and, um, you know, be, uh, I think he'll be a good, uh, a, a kind of a key person. Uh, he's got the size, he's got the athleticism um, to uh, uh, hang with some of the guys we're going to see in Marquette uh, tomorrow night. Um, so, yeah. how's everyone feel about that game, just kind of as a whole? Honestly, I I don't know a lot about Marquette. Um, I watched a little bit of some highlights of their first couple games. Um, uh, they're definitely an offensively powerful team, um, but. Uh, you know, I, I think it was, I was looking on my ESPN app and I think Purdue's like a, they're like 75% favored to win that game, um, which is interesting. Um, I think this is Purdue's, I think this is a really going to be, obviously it's early in the year, but I think this can be a really good indicator for, you know, maybe the season. Um, and again, super early in the year, but I think this is a good indicator for like a proven team or just a really solid team. You know, how do we respond to that? How do we show up? Um, and what, what that's going to look like. So I I think it could be a grinded out kind of game, uh, depending on how we get our offense moving. Cause we've kind of seen both, um, you know, we can get it going pretty well, um, or it can kind of, uh, stagger a little bit and we have to, you know, pick up that extra slack on the defense. So, um, I'm kind of seeing, uh, imagining a game probably in the sixties for both teams, maybe like a 67 to 60 win for Purdue or, um, kind of somewhere in that range. Joe, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm definitely concerned just because of how fast they're playing. I'm looking up at Ken Palm on here. Um, they have the fastest offensive tempo in the country. And, you know, that's just – Edie's going to have to be moving. Um, they play kind of five wingy type guys. Um, and I think – Pretty much everybody is a threat from three, except maybe Igodaro. Um, my the guy that I do the spaces with, Aiden, he actually did a coaches camp with Marquette over the summer, and so he was able to talk to some of the guys. And I was talking with him, and he said, "Yeah, like they're basically the guy that runs Marquette's offense. It's just like go, 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 go." Um, and so they're gonna run, and Purdue's gonna have to be ready for it. They're also gonna try and force a ton of turnovers, and 
it's going to be a really good litmus test for Brainsmith, right? Like, Brainsmith's probably going to have a few turnovers just because, A, how he plays, but then they're going to force him. Um, but if he can limit it to three-ish, and if him and Lawyer combined can, can limit it to, like, even four, even five turnovers combined, like, I think that's – I think if that happens, Purdue puts himself in a really good chance to win. Um, the other thing that does worry me is they put up 38 threes against Central Michigan, and they had um, 27 assists. And I don't know if how would you guys feel with uh, opponents' three-point shooting, but I just automatically think teams shoot about 15 to 20 percent better against Purdue. Um, Always. No, no actual data or anything behind it, but it's just oh. what it seems like every time. So that part worries me too. But mm-hmm. kind of as I was saying, you know, before we we started, like if Purdue is a legit team, this is this is a game they win, right? Now, if they lose, it doesn't mean that you know they're that they're done with it being the third game. There's still plenty of time to improve, but like getting a win here, I think gives them a lot of confidence. Kind of getting into that, um, you know, Florida State, and then the PK85 tournament is going to be a big test. Like I think this is a big win just to kind of show that they can hang with a quality team. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, you know, as we were saying before, that um, you know, a, a a loss here is not the end of the world. But I think this is kind of a win-win scenario when we look at the season as a whole. Like a win here, uh, you know, great. It's going to be great experience for our guards. So um, I, don't, I don't, I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, but um, uh, they 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 press a lot. I think they pressed uh, on about thirty percent of possessions so far this season. So um, you know, they really try to try to get forced turnovers. Then they really try to force tough shots when you do break the press too. Uh, I was listening to the Painter show earlier, and he was saying that they do a great job of when the press is broken, still getting back quickly and forcing tough shots. So you're not getting those open threes. You're not getting those easy dunks when you do break the press. So I think this will be a good game to um, kind of make our uh, younger guys grow pretty quickly. Um, yeah. That being said, I mean, they, they are the, you know, the fastest offense with respect to possession length, average 13 seconds per possession. When you force as many turnovers as they do, though, that kind of makes sense. You know, they're, they're getting quick turnovers you know, before you cross half court and, and scoring. Their biggest kind of Achilles is their own turnover percentage. Uh, they're turning it over quite a bit themselves. So, they're forcing a lot of turnovers. They're not taking care of the basketball. But ultimately, I think the big factor in this game is going to be rebounding. If we can rebound the ball, uh, give ourselves some extra possessions that way, um, I think we come out ahead. But I'm uh, my prediction here, which uh, I'm pulling up my spreadsheet, 76-69, Purdue. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking too. Like they, Marquette does – they're not good against defending uh, two-point percentage right now, uh, 259th. I looked up, so yeah, they've, they're pressing on 37% of possessions, which is zero, and that's this 0.653 points per possession. Um, that's per synergy. Which is so, respectable for a press. That's good. Yeah. yeah it, it has them as 67th percentile. So solid. Like, yeah, they're going to, let's see, what's the 24.5% turnover percentage? So they're turning it over a fourth of the time they press. They're turning the ball, you know, forcing a turnover. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good test for these guards. So do you think that with their speed, do you think Caleb first ends up playing a lot more than I what do. he has been? Yeah, I think he's probably. Smart. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. It's because I, if I remember right, and if I'm wrong, definitely correct me. But I think first ended up playing a little bit of the four last game, right? He did. Like, yeah, for, we did see yeah. first and Edie together, and I, it, it 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 didn't hit me quite at first because it, it you know brought me back to last year. But I'm like, wait a second, they're both in the game right now, uh, yeah. And, I, and part of me wondered if that was a kind of a test uh, mm-hmm. for for this upcoming game. 
Yeah, no, that's, and I think it could be, I think um, with Marquette going to try and space and they're going to run, that draws Edie away. And so first I was, you know, first was okay guarding fours last year, I think. Um, and he's probably better suited for the five, but I'm interested. And this is just kind of me thinking I could be totally wrong. I'm interested to see if they play him at the four, because at least for some spurts with Edie, because then now if Edie does get dragged out, you have somebody that at least, you know, in theory can protect the rim, right? I don't, you know, as great as Gillis is, he's not a rim protector. Um, I'm, I'm really, I don't know about Trey Kaufman as a rim protector yet. He should more just, I'm going to have to see it until, you mm-hmm. know, before I decide yes or no, but first had the athleticism and the speed that if he's stationed kind of in the corner on a guy, he can rotate over and then protect the rim. And so then what that allows is Edie doesn't have to worry about the paint quite as much and he can focus more on getting out. Um, or if, you know, they're in transition first can be the one kind of to get back <clears throat> first and then protect the rim. So. I'm interested to see that uh, if they go to that at all, because I think that would be a a reasonable. I think that's the best counter to it while keeping Edie in the game, right? Because then on the other end, Edie should probably be fairly dominant unless they're doubling. Um, and even then, I think he's really improved as a passer. So, yeah, I'll be curious to see if they they take him one on one, if they go the crispier approach with that or not. But yeah, I just um, don't, it does it never. Like Austin P did it too for the whole first half, and it just didn't make sense. Like, I get well from what the guy that came on said. Like their whole thing was pretty much like Edie's gonna get his, and then we're gonna make nobody else beat us. Like nobody else score. And to their, so they you know, basically the point, tried the AJ Hammonds against IU a few years mm-hmm. ago, where he had like forty-one points and everybody had like three and a half. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So and maybe, yeah, maybe that's just what teams are gonna do more, and they're gonna be like, all right, Edie, <laughs> go get twenty-five, and then nobody else is gonna score on us. I don't know. That doesn't seem like a good recipe, not no. like a basketball coach. So do you think um, with uh, Braden Smith and just how aggressive he is on defense, I mean, he's trying to interrupt every pass lane, it seems like. Do you think that if he can kind of early on maybe interrupt some of that flow that they have to their offense that we could potentially see? I mean, not just Braden either, just the whole defense, the defense as a whole. Um, if they can interrupt that speed a little, maybe get some turnovers early and, and quick in the game, do you think that we can see potentially Marquette having to slow down a little bit? Um, it'll be interesting. I think, yes, I think definitely, definitely could, especially right. Brains um, shown the first two games, he's going to pick up full court. He's going to get into guys. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. Cause I think he definitely can. I also, you know, worry that he's going to get beat on a lot of like back doors or things like that um, mm-hmm. for just, you know, as active as an offense as they have. But I like him picking up full court just in theory, at least to try to slow down their offense, even if it's just two to three seconds, right? That just kind of takes them out of their rhythm at least a little bit. Um, but with that is Smith has to be on them. And if he's, you know, picking up full court, he can't be gambling, at least in the backcourt, right? Because if he does, then if he gets burned and it's five on four, and if he's in, then like they're going to get an open three. Um, right. But yeah, more in the half court, I definitely agree. Like he, he'll get into the passing lanes. Um, I th- don't know if Painter has commented a ton on it. I think he said, I thought he said something maybe after the first game when Smith hit seven, but like it was pretty much that brain's going to be active, um, but he knows when like too much is too much, pretty much. So cool. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll we'll wrap up basketball with a couple of questions that I kind of dropped on 
these three guys right before we started going live. And I did that intentionally to give you a little bit, a little bit of time to think about it, but not, not too much, but uh, two questions here. If there is one player that we could sort of just uh, keep in the locker room for a game that, and, and uh, an opposing player. Um, National when, when or big 10? Team. Uh, big 10, big 10 only. Okay. Uh, so that, that, that's question number one. So let's say you, you know, you were going to pick, uh, I'm trying to think of a role player. Okay. Regardless, any team we're playing, one of their players just has to stay in the locker room the entire time. Doesn't get to play. That's question number one. Question number two is: If there's one Big Ten player you'd love to see on this current team, you think would fit in well, uh, who would that be? Uh, Damon, what do you think? We'll start with you. Yeah. So um, this is who we'd want on our team. Somebody in the Big Ten. Uh, yeah. So two questions: Who 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 we'd want on our team, and then who uh, one player that we don't we don't have to play against. Nothing bad happens. So oh, okay. Just okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Has some homework well, to do. Or yeah, so uh, in regards to like who I would want on my team, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, it's definitely either be it would either be a point guard or a center, just because I feel like um, Purdue's team as a whole. Uh, I feel like there, I mean, there's there's depth there, but I would like some more depth in the point guard and the center rotation, just because uh, you know I think somebody's mentioned it after the first or second game that Purdue is just so spoiled with seven footers that um just even caleb first being 610 like i get a little squeamish about just him being at the five just because he's not seven foot um that i think that's totally just a what i'm used to thing um so if i had to have somebody be on our team it'd probably be hunter dickinson uh him and ed rotating out like ed's the big guy down low and then dickinson he can shoot it he can take it down low so i think that would just be you know you I would feel bad for whoever's playing center on the opposing team. There's just no, there's no break. Um, and then as far as a player that I wouldn't want to see against us, um, that one's tough. Um, let me, is it okay if somebody else goes and then I think about that a little bit, come back yeah, to absolutely. me? Okay. Yeah. Great. Chris, what do you think? Um, I am going to do the opposite and I want Hunter Dickinson to stay in the locker room because that dude just roasts us every time, and it's so annoying, and I hate seeing it. Um, and on the flip side, stuck between two guys, and I don't know why, but either um, Chucky Hepburn yeah. and Jalen Pickett, and I think I'm going to go with Chucky Hepburn just because I, I've – I've just seen more from him than I know from Jalen Pickett. So, yeah. I just like his game. I like his style, his confidence, his capability. He kind of, and his hair is cool. So, yeah, I think, I think those are, those are two really good picks. And I, I, uh, I agree. You know, the guy I'd want to keep in the locker room would be Hunter Dickinson. He, it, he just adds a dynamic that we struggle to guard, you know, and that he's kind of been our, our kryptonite, um, you know, every, every single time we've played him. Um, so I would just love for him to stay in that locker room. Uh, still a dangerous Michigan team. You know, they got a first-round pick um, with Jet Howard and yeah. whatnot. But I, I think we can contain him a lot better with him him in the locker room. And, and honestly, I had to think about, you know, who I'd want on the team. Um, you know, I'm really big on, on Rutgers this year, and, and, and I would love to just have an experienced point guard. And I'm really big on uh, Paul Mulcahy, so I'd probably, probably have to pick him. Um, he's, he's more of a Purdue type of point guard. Um, and I think he would he would fit in well um, just from the experience and, and skill standpoint. And 
Uh, Damon, did you have an answer? And we'll, we'll save Joe for last, or do you still need to think about it? Yeah. Um, uh, you, so you brought, you brought up Rutger and it uh, immediately, um, Clifford Omarui, is that how you say his last name? I would not like almost who I picked. Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> he gave us, um, some fits last year, uh, a few times and I think he's just super athletic. So yeah. I think he's like a, uh, pretty tough matchup for Edie because not only is he also sizable to her, I mean, he's 6'11. Edie's, you know, got five inches on him, but still, you know, he's 6'11, 240 pounds, but he can move. He's super athletic. Um, so I think he just presents a lot of problems for a guy like Edie. He doesn't play like he's 6'11, though. No, I mean, no, I, no I, absolutely not. And that's, and, I mean, and that, and I just don't know. I mean, our front court's so deep. Uh, I just, things would get a little convoluted. Maybe that's the only reason I didn't pick him, but that was kind of my original thought. But, I yeah, I mean, even Caleb McConnell too. They're one of their guards. He's, yeah. I mean, Rutgers. I think they could, they could be all right this year. Yeah, they just got. They got to figure out the offense. Is what's going to have to. Their defense can be elite, but mm-hmm. but Amori, like, sorry, I'm sidetracking. But Amori is a bad matchup for Ed just because of how good of a lob threat he is. And so when they run pick and roll, like, if Amori even gets close to behind Ed and when Ed's in drop coverage, like, it's over. Especially with Mokay, who. I also like as a point guard, um, you know, okay, just, you can kind of just throw it up towards the top of the backboard and be like, all right, go get it to Maury, and he's going to. there somewhere. Led, yeah, I think he led the NCAA in dunks last year. I could be maybe the Big Ten, um, but yeah. Um, I guess I'll lead into mine. So yeah, the player that I would just like don't want to play um, immediately is just Hunter Dickinson. That's That yeah. was my initial thought. Um, <laughs> yeah, just – I don't want to play him. I don't want to see him do his celebration after he knocks down five threes in Mackey. Um, I don't, you know. But also, I'll just throw a second one out there since Dickinson was already mentioned. Is Holman Hawkins? Um, I think. Yeah. I'm I'm really high in Illinois, and I think it pretty much starts with him. Um, he's a super versatile five that I don't even know if he's a he's he plays the five for them, but can't play the four. Um, can you know has shown some off the bounce juice this year. He had, I clipped it and put it on Twitter. He had a sick pass. He um, catches about three, four feet behind the left, you know, uh, three point line on the left wing, three dribbles into the lane, four guys collapse on him. He does this like no look wrap around pass to um, Shannon in the corner who, who missed because he's not a great shooter. But um, he's the other one, as long with Dickinson, that really, really scares me. Um, and then who I'd want to add, I was also between two. I'm going point guard route. Um, and I'll start with Jalen Pickett. I th- I think he's the best point guard, <laughs> the best just guard period in the Big Ten. Um, he had a 15-point triple-double today against Butler. Uh, he didn't even – he really didn't shoot the ball that well. Um, it is – the reason why I was almost didn't go Pickett is because he is a lot of pick-and-roll heavy and he can back guys down, and that's a lot of his game. And so, like, I'm worried about the spacing. But having a guy that can get 11 assists in a game, um, this is his second, you know, out of three games he's had, I think, six, 11, and 11 assists. Like, Jeez. having a guy like that that can just find the snipers on Purdue would be amazing. The other name yeah. that I'd quickly throw out, who I think, for me, is probably the second best point guard or second best guard in the league, um, it's him or Chucky, would be Tony Perkins, who's more yeah. of – he's going to facilitate – he's not as much of a scorer. Um, but he's going to facilitate, and I really like him as a defender. So those, are, yeah, those yeah. are kind of my two. Yeah. I would go, I, like I would go pick it though, and Dickinson is my, like my final. <laughs> the question. It was interesting. Is um, I don't know if you listened to Field of Sixty Eight or not, but 
they had Geo Baker on there, and he said he is Perkins is the biggest smack talker in the Big Ten. Really? Which I mm-hmm. thought was just didn't expect that from him. Yeah. So, He's an Indianapolis boy, too. Fun little anecdote Indy. that he, he shared about him. Mm, that is funny. Cool. Well, um, uh, Frank, did you have any other follow up questions, or was that kind of the? Uh, no, no, that was that was yeah. all I had. Um, uh, Joe, it's been terrific having you cool. on. And like I said, for yeah. anyone anyone who's not following uh, Joe, it's uh, uh, Joe underscore Jackson two two one zero. Correct. Yeah. There's only so many uh, only so many combos you can do with Joe Jackson as a name. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Def- definitely check him out. His content is something you definitely don't want to miss if you're a basketball fan. Like I said, I, I check out his post game threads every time, and and Chris, like you said, I'm like anytime I see that that tip off, I know uh, I know I'm gonna be spending about 30 minutes uh, not getting much done. So uh, yeah, love what you're doing. Um, you know, like I said, I know how much goes into it. Uh, I I think I know. I probably really don't have a clue as to how much goes into that, but it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. And I know um, a lot of people really appreciate it. So love seeing what you're doing out there, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, this has been fun. So, yeah, I'm glad you guys enjoyed and uh, just going to keep putting them out there. Feel free always to, to disagree, discuss, whatever. I'm, I'm always open for it. So. Oh, dude, I'll be ready to disagree next time. I don't know what I'm going to disagree on yet, <laughs> but I'm going to look up some big words on that basketball uh, encyclopedia you guys were talking about. And I'm just going to start throwing them at you. It's not even going to be a random right, nonsense. Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it. Oh, man. It. Thanks for joining. All right. Thank you. See you. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, we're at the hour mark. So, um, do we want to briefly talk Illinois and, uh, you know, the, I feel like there's just a lot to unwrap, unwrap there with football. Um, we can, we, we, we can speed through in about five minutes just, cool. yeah. just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Well, uh, I didn't, I didn't get to watch the game. I was, uh, the, I was in a wedding at that you've been time. Slack. You've been slacking, man. I know. I, uh, I need to stop being in weddings is what the issue is. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you guys will tell me, you know, what uh, sounds like <laughs> from what I did here, um, sounds like it was a great game. It sounds like I think, Chris, you said it was it felt like how Purdue had played, you know, in the first six yep. games of the season. So I'd love this to know was definitely reminded me of September, October, Purdue, like mid-October, oh. Purdue. To me, it reminded me of the Syracuse game, but we won. I mean, it was yeah. it was full of penalties, chippy. full of chippy. It was full of uh, uh, questionable calls. Uh, yeah. I mean, and you you ask Illinois fans, they're going to say the ref won the game, but in, in reality, I mean, we we both had some bad calls. We had some things that didn't get called. You know, Mockaby got hit out of bounds that didn't get like called. Seventeen yards out of bounds. Um, you know, oh, yeah, Damon that. for uh, for the second time this season, we got two unsportsman likes on the same. PAT attempt, so they got to kick off from like on that, our own end zone. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, like major major things to to take away. Um, you know, Maccabee continues to go hard, 107 yards, average four yards per carry. Uh, we held Chase Brown to his lowest rushing total of the season at just 98 yards on 23 carries. Again, this is a guy who gets 30 to 45 carries a game. Um, he did uh, only average 4.2 yards per carry, which normally is at 5.2. Um, we did a great job locking down Isaiah Williams. Again, we described mm-hmm. him last week as kind of the uh, slightly slower Rondale Moore. Um, Jalen Graham got the assignment on him a lot, and uh, just he was targeted three times. Me. Targeted three times against Jalen Graham's uh, no catches. 
Uh, and then one of those was, was the tip ball, um, which yeah. led to the interception, which, uh, you know, Kieran, um, you know, hoping, hoping to, for the best for you, man. Glad you're able to make that catch and seal the win and uh, hope to see you back next week healthy. Um, another great day for the offensive line, too. Yeah. Um, you know, just giving up a handful of hurries. I think it was only uh, only six hurries on yeah. the day and uh, zero sacks. So we have a mobile quarterback. We have a mobile quarterback now. And, you know, I was talking with an Illinois fan on Twitter and they said, you know, we just we just weren't prepared. Obviously, we didn't prepare for Aiden's feet today. And I said, yeah, neither did we. Like, we yeah. didn't, no, did no Purdue fan expected him to break off for 24 yard runs like he did. I'll be honest. Um, I don't think Aiden was prepared to run. I mean, we talk about Maccabee having 106 yards, averaging 3.8 per carry, but Aiden had six, he averaged 16 and a half yards per carry. So let's not, yeah, it might've only been two carries, but it's still, I mean, that, that a 24 yard run was impressive. And what I liked about it was he just, he just, he didn't think about it, you know, like the seas parted and he grabbed the ball and ran it. And I've, mm -hmm. I've seen it. I've yelled it so many times like run, run, <laughs> so, yeah. but it was, it was nice to see. Um, and I, just him doing that a couple of times is enough to keep the defense honest and to add that extra, you know, dimension to the game. And Brahm said, and then the post-game presser that, you know, it's becoming an inevitable part of college football, uh, which kind of made me raise my eyebrows because he's always been a pocket passer type of coach. But I'll be curious to see if we see any changes going forward. Uh, but he, he just said it's, you know, it's something that just continues to grow and grow. And it's kind of hard to avoid at this point. So, yeah, um, you know, all in all, uh, a good game. You know, the defense definitely showed <laughs> up. Secondary looked good. Looked good again. Cam Allen had a really good game, comparatively speaking, to the previous four. Um, other than the missed tackle that led to the, um, you know, to the touchdown. But you know, Brom said that was the only uh, defensive adjustment too at the line uh, was that play where uh, Chase Chase Brown ran in for the touchdown. So yeah, um, all in all, really good game. Um, as we kind of look forward to Northwestern next week. Um, don't know if you guys know this, they had two quarterbacks get hurt uh, last Jeez. week's game. So. It's looking like uh, they're uh, going to be playing a third-string QB. They're a mass um, so unit right now. Awesome. It's going to be the third-string QB has the best game of his – I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, we've seen it. So we've, we've seen it happen with us. My heart um, is but, sinking right now because I'm so nervous. Yeah. Uh, he, didn't, <clears throat> he didn't play well. Uh, he came in and, and only threw like three passes and uh, one and threw a pick as well. Um, awesome. So not, not looking great. Um, you know, defensively, they uh, they play a whole lot of zone. I think it was around 70% of the time uh, they're playing zone. Um, no one really sticks out on defense. Uh, I'm gonna, not going to try his name, but I think it's uh, Adaborare. is an edge rusher. Um, he's got four sacks on the season, so definitely, you know, nothing to write home about. But when you look at the fact that he's getting past his man 21% of the time and single man-on-man, -man, uh, that's, that's kind of impressive. Um, you know, offensively, they have a running back, uh, Evan Hole, who's averaging 12.6 yards per <clears throat> catch as a running back, which is impressive. Uh, rushing, you know, he's about average. Um, but, I, you know, I think given the fact that they're a banged-up team, they, they have some linebackers hurt, they have a, a cornerback uh, out for the season, you know, and the fact that they're on their third-string QB, um, I, I expect this to possibly be a game where we aren't seeing our starters going into the fourth quarter. Um, great. And uh, now the fact that I said that uh, means that it probably won't happen. But I'm going to predict over. something crazy, uh, like 35-10. Good guys. 
Yeah, and just a, a quick add-on to the Illinois game. I love seeing that the ball was distributed pretty evenly. Sheffield with it six, was. Durham with seven, yeah. Charlie with only four, Mockaby with four, and then – sorry, go ahead. Well, I'd say the one – the touchdown pass to Charlie Jones might have been the best pass Aiden's <clears> made all season. Yeah. Risky pass, but, oh, it was it nice. I mean, I, I, it, it, it brought me to my feet from my couch. I stood up and nice. celebrated that one. That yeah, it's just I just love seeing the ball get distributed evenly. Um, I think we just have a lot of great hands on uh, in the wide receiver core uh, and tight end units. So love seeing that that's getting spread around a little bit more than it was against Iowa. Um, but yeah, you know, I think uh, pending weather, this should be a, a good game for Purdue. Um, I think that I don't even know if there is going to be weather. I'm just saying if there is Looking bad weather, uh, if there is bad weather, um, you know, it could be a little bit closer than what we like. But, yeah, I, I, I hope that it's, you know, something to the likes of, you know, like you said, 35, 10, 42, 10, something uh, like that would be great. Not looking good weather-wise? Just going to be cold, 25. Well, well is, is it, it going to snow? Last week. No, no weather. Oh. Okay, all right. Well, that's cold that's fine, you know, as long as it's not going to snow or super windy, I'll, I'll take the I'll cold. take snow over rain. Yeah. Personally, but go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Interrupt. No, you're good. That's that's it. I I just yeah. think that um you know hopefully it's gonna. I, I'm predicting a game similar to what Frank was saying. Um yep. you know weather depending. Uh, if the weather's not in our favor, maybe a little bit less. Uh, yeah. And hopefully they don't have any third string quarterback. This is my first start. Magic. Um, yeah. So I think. Uh... Now, kind of address the elephant in the room. The guys are still playing for the Big Ten West. I think these guys are pretty locked in. <sighs> yeah, um, hands are sweating. So I think that there, there's definitely was a mental shift for the Illinois game. Something clicked. Something happened. Something changed. But it was definitely more locked in as a whole entire unit. Well, sure, we gave up some plays and made some mistakes, but that's going to happen in football. Um, I think that that continues. I don't think that we're getting too high up. We're going to get too high up. I think we're just going to go out and make a business trip at home, celebrate seniors and, um, send them on their way. Um, and then go for some help. But I think, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like a 42, 17, I think some garbage time touchdowns probably. Um, but I think Mockaby goes crazy. I think Aiden has a pretty clean game. Honestly, I could see, depending on what happens, I could see Aiden not even come out after halftime, depending on how the game's set up, just to keep him healthy. Um, but that said, um, I don't trust Nebraska or a Pat Fitzgerald team because they always they did uh, give Ohio State a tough time, but that was with two quarterbacks that were healthy. So. Um, and this is a team again who has lost to Duke, Southern Illinois, and Miami, Ohio. So, <clears throat> um, you know, some definitely some embarrassing losses on their on their record. And yep. you know, they have the uh, 128th ranked offense with respect to points per game, uh, 96th in yards per game. They're only averaging 14.3 points per game. Could we see another um, pick six? Uh, may, maybe another puke six, even. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, someone man. else. It, um, 
Yeah, it makes me so nervous. So obviously we're we're big Minnesota fans this week as yep. well. Um I've never rowed a boat before, but I'm I'm ready to this weekend if, if Minnesota can pull it out against Iowa. Yeah. Um if we pull it out against Northwestern and they beat Iowa, you know, we we control our destiny then. Yep. Could you <sighs> could you imagine a scenario where all we have to do is beat IU and Bloomington to that makes me sick to my stomach. In the West. Yeah, yeah, it does. It gives uh, it. It makes me wild. Especially the fact nervous. that it's at IU. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just it gives it gives them something to play for because right yeah. now they, they they're not going to have anything to play for. But yeah, they certainly aren't playing for pride. Oh, good man. lord, that team is terrible. Like, and I guess the good thing is in this scenario we have to get two wins against the two bottom feeders in each division. So. The positive, yeah. but you still have to play the game. <laughs> yeah. And my my take is if we are who we, I'm not going to say think we are, if we are who we want to be as a team, because, um, you know, Brom said, not last press conference, but the one before that, we're not as good as we think we are. You know, if we are who who we would like to be and who a lot of us believe we are, then then we win both of these games. A, and if we don't, then we don't deserve to be in Indianapolis. Yep. Yeah. yeah, a thousand percent. Uh, it'll be a long week yep it's gonna be a long uh, saturday like sometimes when we have these like big games um like the iowa game i really debated on not even watching it and like just trying to force myself to do something else because i get so nervous for these big games that like um i uh yeah i just i it makes me so sick to my stomach and like i feel like those three hours take forever um yeah but yeah, I'm. I'm that hopeful. game's a four o'clock kick. What is oh. the Iowa in- Minnesota? Okay, so right after we beat Northwestern, we can yep. all watch Minnesota. Do me a beat. favor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but isn't that a rivalry game too? Don't they play for sort of. uh, Paul Bunyan's axe, or is that they? they- yeah, they do. I mean, it is a rivalry game just because, like, I mean, Iowa's real rival is Iowa State. Right. So, I, you know, it's kind of like in the same way that Purdue and Illinois are rivals. I was going to say, right? like, does anyone actually care about the cannon? Does anyone? Oh, the, the, I do because it's a trophy. It's always a chippy game, so the players must. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the, but uh, in recent years, we've, we've I mean, even Daryl Hazel beat Illinois. So Yeah, twice. that's true. Yeah, twice, yeah. I'll never forget the three timeout game. We called three oh. timeouts before the final field goal. Just so almost thirty percent of almost thirty percent of Daryl Hazel's wins came against Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. It's now, only funny because it's true. And we yeah. have a coach who's about like even at worst case scenario, if we go, you know, X amount of wins, still we're the amount of wins that Brom has had compared to Hazel is laughable when we have all of Hazel's wins in one season last year with Brom. True. That's where I was getting at. Sorry, long way about short trip. No, all good. But uh, I'll wrap us up because we're we're already at the hour and fifteen minute mark. Yeah. And and uh, Chris, if you have to work tomorrow, I know those those early those mornings come pretty quick. So I don't, but I have to take the kid to get tubes tomorrow. All right. Actually, yeah. then we're gonna keep going. Um, yeah. So anyway, like full send. <laughs> Just kidding. But, uh, but yeah, so um, again, appreciate everybody coming out uh, and watching the episode tonight. And if, you, if you're if you tuning in later, uh, listen to recording on Spotify. You can listen on YouTube. You can listen. Uh, you can check it out on Twitter as well. We always uh, keep the restreams 
um, on there too. So you can listen on a lot of different platforms and we appreciate any time that you take out of your day to listen to us. We appreciate it a lot. Um, had a really good episode tonight. We talked with uh, Joe Jackson, who is just a, a stat fiend, um, just knows a, a ton um, when it comes to the X's and O's of basketball and just really, really cool to, uh, um, to hear that and to kind of hear him and Frank, you know, uh, share that back and forth and kind of um, uh, just have that conversation. By the way, is anybody else hearing sirens? Oh, I am. That? Oh, that's how it was my house. A, that's my house. Oh, there it goes. I can see it. I can see it on your screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on here. I, live, I, live on Channel 5 <laughs> News. We're standing outside of... Jeez uh, <laughs> Louise. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of... Jeez, oh, hopefully... Uh, Whoever's okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, appreciate everybody coming out tonight uh, for the episode. That was, I couldn't tell if that was coming out of somebody else's mic or not, but yeah, uh, that's really funny. Oh, Russ predicted 34 13. Okay, awesome, awesome. Great prediction. Russ, we, Russ, Russ, we missed you tonight, by the way. I uh, always appreciate your input on everything. So, uh, you know, we'll be glad to have you back next week. On our, Oh, by the way, uh, if anybody's still listening, next week we will be back to Tuesday nights. Is that correct? Yes, because I don't think we play another. Tuesday night basketball game for a while. Okay, cool. So we'll be back to Tuesday nights at 9.30 next week. Um, but again, appreciate everybody coming out. Uh, listen to a great episode. Here's some here's some really great data and analytics um, from, from Joe Jackson. Go follow him on Twitter. Um, and yeah, we appreciate you guys so much. Boiler up and hammer down. Boiler up. Let's get the win.